Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, we have been on the series, Be Rich. Just checking to make sure my slides were working. So Pastor Kate has been breaking down uh, barriers that many of us have when it comes to finances and what God's plan that is for us. <clears throat> so he's actually been changing the way that we think about what it means to be rich. And if we actually think about being rich as having more than we need, I think most of us in here are probably rich with that, with that definition. Because, uh, yeah, most of us, if not all of us, actually have more than we need. That's the key word there. What do you need? So, and I love some of the stats that he's already brought up, which is, because uh, I've heard a lot of people complain about the, the one percenters, you know what I'm talking about? But if you make more than $32,400 a year in income, you are a top 1% in the top 1% of the world with income. That's all you have to make a year. So if you're making $32,000 a year, there is 99% of the world that thinks you are rich. Amen. It really, <laughs> it really makes you realize how relative that term is anyway. So let's just be thankful for what we have, and not just because this week is Thanksgiving, but because we want a thankful heart always. So today I'm going to be talking about being rich in good deeds, that is rich in good deeds. And so our series scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. So this is Paul, and he's writing Timothy, right? And he says uh, he's trying to get people to be a blessing, that's his goal. And so to be a blessing, we have to first realize that we are blessed. So he's not just, he's not just asking Timothy to talk casually about this e- either. He's, he's like, oh, if it's, if it's convenient, you know, you might want to talk, to talk to people that are rich, right? If it just comes up in conversation, you might just mention it. <laughs> no, Paul's, Paul's actually commanding Timothy. He's like, hey, this is important, and it needs to be addressed. So here's the scripture, and it's command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, that is, arrogant, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Right there, I just want to say, so we don't have to feel guilty about being blessed. We don't have to feel guilty about being a top 1% earner in the world because we live in America. Uh, so you don't have to feel bad about that. We, have, we just need to ask the question, why? What for? What is this for? Why am I so blessed to be here? And so that's really what the question we're asking is. And then if you go on to read, it says, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, which is where the title of this message comes from, good deeds, be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So we need to have an eternal perspective on life. It's like it says in the book of James. It says, faith without works is dead. But we are not saved through works, but true faith produces good works. So they do go hand in hand. So our good deeds shouldn't be out of obligation, but out of just love for our fellow man. So in this way, we have an eternal perspective, and we are laying treasure up for ourselves, not in this world or in this, time, in this life, but in the one to come. 
Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says it this way. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're not saved by the good works, but we are saved for the good works, right? So the, world, the word tells us that we are new creations. And when it says all things have become new, that's talking about our spirit man. Our new spirit man was created new in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works. So each one of us has our own unique personality. We have our own unique abilities. And there are just certain things that we were made for. Just like uh, yesterday, you know, you brought up, we had that second annual Thanksgiving meal here at the community Thanksgiving meal, uh, which we offer to anyone in the community that wants to come for free. And I know Nicole was in charge of that. And she put that together. And you can tell that she has real passion for that. Amen. Like that, that is awesome. She, you can tell that she, she has that shirt, you know, that says, I was made for this. Do you have one? I don't know if she has one of those shirts yet or not, but you can just tell on her face. She doesn't need a shirt. You can tell that she was made for it. And then I'm sure when she brought it up, some people, uh, when she said she needed food, I'm sure some people were like, yes, I was made for that. I love to cook. I make a mean casserole. You know, I can, I got this. This is what I was made for. And so, but if you're having trouble figuring out what exactly you were made for, I would encourage you to attend our growth track, which is every Sunday after church right here. And it'll walk you through your personality. It'll walk you through your spiritual gifts. And uh, it'll help you find your purpose. It'll help you find your, I was made for this. And at the end, you'll get a t-shirt, which I see quite a few in here. Woo! It says, I was made for this. That shirt is awesome, too. You want to know why? Because people will ask you about it because they're kind of curious. Like, well, what were you made for? Sometimes you forget you're wearing the shirt. You're like, what are you talking about? Oh. But you know what they're doing? They've just opened a door for you to tell them about Jesus. You know? Because, well, let me tell you what I was made for. I'll tell you right now. They'll ask for it. Amen? So, one of the things I love about our church is that we know that we are called out beyond the walls of this building. You know, we know that we are the church. Anywhere we go, we want to make a difference, and we want our lives to impact the world for Jesus. I mean, we say it every Sunday. It's ingrained in us. It's a part of our culture. And I believe that we look at our lives, and we see how much God has blessed us, and we say, man, i got to share this. So sometimes it can be challenging to step out in faith, but I believe we have that desire to do that. And uh, so let's just embrace the divine calling that we have in our life and become rich in good deeds. So I have three thoughts that I would like to discuss today about this, and here they are. Number one, my good deeds are pointers to God and not myself. Pointers to God not myself. So our good deeds should be pointing people towards Jesus. Matthew 6, 1 through 4 puts it this way, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Now this isn't saying that you can't do a good deed in public. That's not what this is saying. <laughs> this is saying the main objective of your good deeds should not be that so you can get praise from men, okay? It goes on to say, Otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. And the that sounds funny, but they literally used to do that. They would blow a trumpet when they're crazy. But that they may have glory from men, which is what they're seeking. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. 
But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Amen. So this isn't saying that we hide our good deeds. I just talked about that. It's just simply stating that we, uh, we don't do good deeds for the praise of men. So God looks on the motives of the heart. And so if we do our good deeds or boast about our good deeds for uh, just that pat on the back, well, that is your, that's your reward. That's all you're going to get. You get that little pat on the back. Congratulations. <laughs> but <laughs> but if, you do, if you do it for God, though, I guarantee you that reward is going to be so much better than the praise you're going to get for men. I like to refer to it almost as eating your seed because the Bible tells us we reap what we sow. So if, you're, if you do your good deeds to be praised by men, you essentially really didn't sow that seed. You just ate it. So you're going to get no other fruit from that seed. Um, that's, so, so this is why we need to guard our hearts and always check our motives. Again, this isn't saying we hide our good works. We just do not boast in them. And we can see the balance in, five, in Matthew five fourteen through 16, because it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to the whole, to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we don't hide our good works, but we don't do it for the praise of men. That's, that's a good balance there. Uh, so we use our good deeds not to glorify, us, glorify ourselves, but to glorify God. And our acts of kindness and willingness to serve should, be, should show people who Jesus is. Remember, we're pointers. We want to point people to Jesus. And that's why, that's why when you give, uh, whether it's time, money, or even other resources... It should be done with no strings attached. Jesus put it this way. He said, freely I've given, freely give. It's as simple as it gets. God sent his son to die for us while we were still yet sinners, right? No strings attached. He, he is an example of how we are to live our lives. And because we all know that person too that's real super quick to help you, but then they hold it against you forever, you know, that, <laughs> hey man, bought you lunch last week. You remember that, don't you? I am pretty darn awesome. So... But, but, but we don't act that way because we freely give without expecting anything in return. And uh, so let's look at what Jesus had to say in Luke. So Jesus was invited to a supper, and this was put on by a leader of the Pharisees. So he's super up there, right? They, these guys were all watching Jesus closely at the dinner because they're like, they're just trying to look, find something to accuse him of. Like, all right, what are you going to slip up on now, Jesus? So... But the, these Pharisees were caught up in appearance, so although their, their uh, actions appeared good, like they're throwing these big feasts for people, their hearts were evil because they would have these dinners and they would just invite well-known connected people. They would invite rich people, people they thought they could schmooze over you know, and gain favor in the, in the town. But Jesus looks in our heart, and so when he knew what was going on, this is what Jesus had to say. He said, then he also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. He's saying these people can pay you back. You're doing this other wrong motives. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Amen. 
Nicole just put that together yesterday. We just did that for the community. <laughs> but this is part of an eternal perspective, and it's building on a foundation, the foundation of Christ, and you're using materials that will stay in the test of the fire. So doing good deeds for people who cannot repay us with no strings attached. So number one, we are pointers. We point people to God with our good deeds. Number two, my good deeds are a sample of Jesus Christ. They are a sample. Mm. So who's been to a Sam's or a Costco when you run into them? Yeah, the, yep, yep, yep. Then people giving free samples out, right? Woo. I've never been to a Costco, but I hear they actually have really good ones, real good free samples there. I actually read that they do not limit you on the amount of free samples you can get, you know? Yeah. So you don't have to wear your hoodie and, you know, bring your three ball caps to try to score try to score that extra free sample. You can just take whatever you want. They don't, they don't stop you. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, we know that they hand out these free samples because they know you're going to taste it. And you're going to be like, man, this is good. And you know what they're going to say? Well, I'll tell you where you can get a bigger portion. Right down there on aisle seven, right? And I love it because it's such a good illustration of what our, our good deeds are for Jesus. They're good samples. It's exactly what an act of kindness is. So when we're helping people and you give them a sample of Jesus and they see that it is good, you can tell them where a bigger portion is. Okay, listen, this is just a taste. This isn't even what all Jesus has for you. I can show you where you can get that bigger portion. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. So we see a need, we meet a need. It's what Jesus did. And we can see that in the book of Acts. Okay, this is Peter. He's talking to Cornelius about the good news. And he just said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. So we're keeping an eye out to connect with people so we can give them a sample, a sample that leads them back to Jesus. We can also see how Jesus expects us to act by looking in the book of Matthew, because this is before Jesus' crucifixion. This is like right before he's crucified. This is what Jesus is doing. He washed the disciples' feet. I mean, he's getting ready to be sacrificed for all mankind, and this is what he does. He's, he's like, let me wash your feet. So Matthew 13, 12 through 15 uh, goes through this. He says, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So Jesus is the only perfect person that ever lived, right? He's the one through which everything was created. The one worthy of all praise, worthy of all worship. Yet he humbled himself and he uh, washed the feet of his disciples. And washing feet was about one of the lowliest things you could do because most people uh, would just wash their own feet. Most people didn't even have servants to wash feet because it was just considered demeaning. So most people just washed their own feet. But this is what Jesus did as an example. So the king of kings humbled himself, washed his disciples' feet, and this is how we can represent him to a lost world. If we keep reading... From the same scripture here, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. 
If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The, just the King James Version actually says, happy are you if you do them. Huh? Ain't that good? It's like when we realize that we're made to serve, even doing those lowliest things like washing someone's feet, cleaning the toilets for the church, things that we see as more demeaning or lowly, you will be happy you do those because you realize that that's how God wants to take care of you. That's how God wants to take care of us because we know that Christ came and uh, he gave us a picture of who the Father was. I mean, that's the way God wants. He revealed this to us through Christ. Mm. So we need to always be on the lookout and give out samples of Jesus whenever possible. Which leads me to my last point, which is number three. My good deeds will go the extra mile to show God's love. So I want to be a pointer. I want to be a sample, and I want to go the extra mile. Why do we go the extra mile? Well, Jesus told us to do it, so <laughs> got to do it. So the, this is Jesus talking in Matthew 5.41. This is where this comes from. He said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two. So go with him that extra mile. This is referring to a Roman law. Roman soldiers could ask anyone to carry their gear up for what is one mile, which was a thousand steps back then that was considered a mile. So Jesus was saying, if a soldier asks you to go one mile, carrying his hundred pounds of gear, well, then you're going to go another one out of love for him, right? Love for your fellow man. But uh, this is where it gets interesting, though, because you can't even compare it. Like, you can't say this isn't like saying if a service member of the, of the armed forces came up to you and asked you to carry their pack for a mile, and then you carry it an extra mile. Does it, it's not, you can't even compare it to a total stranger, someone you don't know. And that's because the Romans oppressed the Jews, okay? The two were basically enemies. They weren't there to protect them. So when these soldiers asked them to carry their gear, it was humiliating. It was demeaning. So I'm sure most people, this is the way I would be, right? You see a soldier coming, and you're like, I'm getting inside. I'm not, I'm not carrying that guy's gear a mile. Uh, I, <laughs> that's exactly what I would be doing. But what else is amazing about this, though, is that Jesus, when he said this, he was in Galilee, okay? And this was a training ground for Jewish, Jewish nationalists, and they wanted nothing more than to get the Romans out of Israel. They're like, just get out. We want, we want our country back. So can you imagine having foreign invaders, okay, take over the U.S., right? And now they're patrolling the streets to keep peace, okay? That's what they were doing. And then they could ask you to carry their gear for one mile, all right? Or you'd be considered a threat to their government, and they could punish you. They'd probably even kill you for something like that. But so now you know the context of this, right? It just wasn't asking you to carry someone's gear a mile. It was pretty intense, now let's say that you were looking out for a promised Messiah, okay? This is what the Jews were doing. They were looking for a Messiah to come and deliver them from the Romans, right? Much less make him help them out some more. They were expected to be delivered. They expected this Messiah to establish an earthly kingdom. So you can imagine what's going through their heads when Jesus said that, you know? If you're asked to carry their gear one mile, carry it two. You know, they have to be like, what? what? Who is this guy? You know, I'm sure they're like, okay, where's the punchline? This has to be a joke. But he was serious. And why is that? Because Jesus came to save all mankind, right? He wanted to give us an example to live by. We are to love everybody, okay? 
So it was right after all this that he even gave that command to love your enemies. I know we've all heard that. It was right after this because he knew he was just told them to carry their enemies two miles. So he had to give them the command, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Jesus knew if we could get past the flesh that we would truly be set free. That's where you get set free at. Because it's when, they, it's when they decided to go that extra mile, they were actually shifting that humiliation back onto the soldier, you know? Because can you imagine what that soldier was thinking after a thousand paces? He's like, all right, you're done. Get out of here. And you just look back and say, sir, this gear's really heavy, but I'm going to carry it one more mile for you. I say you can even do like a Chick-fil-A worker, you know? You could be like, it will be my pleasure. I will carry your gear another mile. But I could see the look of confusion on that soldier's face. He'd be like, what? You know, are you serious right now? So now the soldier has to make a choice. Does he continue to look down on you as just as filth? Or does he see humanity and realize that, you know, you're human, I'm human. I mean, we're all created by one creator. So it makes the soldier, it doesn't necessarily mean the soldier's going to change his mind, but it does put them in a position of where they have to make a choice now. And he was just ecstatic the whole time to the point of tears. Like, I think he just cried off and But that was such a... But I Such a great way to, words, like to witness. Because to be in order to show kindness, you like, have to go and, past and that obligation. Like the first mile was mandatory. second mile like was a choice, amen? So I remember a year or so ago, it's probably been over a year, but I was at a quick trip gas station, right? And sure, there's times it was probably 10 or 11 at night. It was late. I've been working all day. I'm super tired, and I'm just ready to go home, right? I'm done filling up my truck with gas, pumped it up, and I was approached by this man, right? And I know we've all had people come up to us asking for money. And uh, if you're anything like me, sometimes it can make you go like, mm, if you see them coming, you can just tell they want money. But uh, but this guy really didn't give me any any funny feelings. He seemed like a normal guy. And uh, so he came up to me. You could tell he was from Italy because he had that real thick Italian accent. You know what I'm saying? It's way better than mine. I can't really do it. He was asking for money to put gas in his van. He's like, hey, we're out of we're out of gas. I looked over. I could see his wife, and I could see he had a baby in the van, along with what was probably most of their belongings. It was just full. Okay. And uh, so I felt moved to help him. In fact, if I remember right, I don't think he even asked just me for up a That's tank. I, I think he just like every 20 bucks of gas Sunday. or something Thank to put God in there. But for how he's used you know what my first thought was? The lives of those I thought, you. I was made for this, right? You need to send of that course out I will fill mission. your tank up. Here's I'll fill the whole thing up all the way to the top. So I run my card. His van fills up. So I'm like, look at me. Done my good deeds for the day. I fulfilled my obligation, right? So the gas stops pumping. His van's filled up and ready to go. He he is very appreciative. We we talked to him about his gas was was pumping up, so I'm feeling pretty good. And And then... uh, Some people are like, and then that he says, be uh, for you know, well, yeah, it should, my wife because that's and my kid are hungry. You you. And we should all too. be wanting the promises and of so, God. Because that's what <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Us. It's funny how quick I my want, attitude I want changes. From God you know? what God wants I'm like, let me show dude, you I just fulfilled my duty. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, give generously I filled your whole tank up. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you. Okay, I had a choice, though. I had a choice. Do I stop at what I feel like is my obligatory Christian duty? Beside me. Or like, that do I go that extra life. mile he wants to, to meet this family's true needs? But he knows 
in order for that blessing well, my to overtake you, great. it all in has my head, to start right? with generosity. I, cool, I think. Like, he's like, I need you to take Person. the generous step first. But I mean, the guy had a wife and a kid, so I thought, you know what? Well, a few snacks. Here's another reason I get. Back again, again, like I said, okay. these don't have to be your reasons. These are mine. So he sends his wife in a quick example. trip with me. We go in there. Did you know that one day people she are going to talk about she just grabbing all sorts of stuff. You okay. know? She's like grabbing this, grabbing that, has her arms full. And, and, and I'm just They I'm characterize just you based like, on your behaviors you know, and how you do things. I try to do something nice. And here's a powerful question to ask yourself. And you're just going to buy half the flipping story. Like I'm not talking about during the service. I'm talking about when people It was funny because she even like had all the stuff she paid for. Oh, wait, one more thing. It's so random. She grabs two apples, comes back, puts them on the counter. So I have to Swipe my card or, again uh, to buy her two more he was apples. He a really hard worker, oh. but I didn't get to see him much. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I finished paying for her None stuff. None of us want people to be saying that and kind then, uh, of stuff about us. We want so to after she ransacked how well we the loved store, people right? and how generous we were, we were with my credit and how we card, made a yeah. difference Whoop. in the lives of those around she us. Didn't, she didn't even say thank you, right? She just like the time back after her working towards that is... And now, so back in the parking lot, you know, the man's one of the reasons super, I give because I want to be an nice. example like of generosity to you guys. I already knew he was an example a Christian, of generosity Christian, to my kids Christian guy, and everybody that nice, I come in really contact with because a generous and, uh, life, but like the Bible went. tells us, is so how you take hold of truck, life that's really life. And I just think like, about what happened. You, know, you want like, the real life that God has for you? got Like generosity has got to be a part of it. And I could probably keep giving you reasons why I gave, but let me, I don't really want to bore you. You're like, that was enough already. Crime trio. No, just got one more for you. You're going to scam me out of a few dollars in some of my time. Because I know that one day. When I but die, no, I mean, I'm going to stand before Jesus. That was the case. I really believe that I was just... I don't know exactly what's going to happen. At first, I was... But I imagine I'm going to be so overcome with love that I won't be able to say anything. Luckily, he could still use so Jesus is going to do all the talking. help that Christian family and I hope to provide that it all like of their this. needs, right? Like, Kate, so I did turn my attitude around that this. truck. Sometimes we have to you do that. Good. Sometimes our initial thoughts are not like you did what really they should well. be. And you have to kind of pause and realign yourself. I got back to my truck, and I thank God that he was able to use me to help out I gave you those incredibly good looks. Like, I gave you that. And I drove home. And I got and to I see my wife go through all those same facial expressions And I gave you these you incredible did, children. Story, you and know. I gave you No Limits Church <laughs> in the city of Owasso. I gave you influence. But, but the point did is something with it. that extra mile may not good feel job. good while you're doing it, you know? You know that, and that's that, what I want to hear when I get to heaven. I just want to hear Jesus say, you know, well done, my good and faithful son. we have to make. Like, enter into this but joy every time that we go that extra mile, for you. every time we do a random act of kindness. So the point I want to get uh, across here is that we all need to take time to think about our why. Drive through, or why am maybe I pay for someone's groceries or gas. Why am I generous? If you think what is it that something stirs nice me up to say, be generous? Uh, just say. We read in it, Philippians you know, earlier that God's actually the one who gives us we'll these desires. Them. But he also gives we're us surrounded the by negativity in this world. I mean, our culture. And we just talked about the why, which is so important. But I want to finish up and button up today's message with the how, because. Our culture has fallen into this idea that giving should be the it should be spontaneous so and like something that's smart water. Like when I'm overcome with emotion and I feel like I need to give, so like that's when I give. We but the problem with that is like you're going to miss out on some incredible opportunities to be generous. Always be sure to if you're waiting to be moved to by emotion and if you're waiting remember, for that spontaneous feeling. For our glory. Let's take a look at this scripture. Second Corinthians nine so, so six says, "Remember this: a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop." But the one who plants so generously sure will get a generous back to God. So you got to decide. Here's a quote from heart, Dino Rizzo. He says, "To engage well, sound and take care of someone." Like he's just saying, make a decision, but not point them to Christ would be We're like. We're not waiting to hear somebody's some emotional story that moves us to tears. We're not get waiting there. to see human suffering that on the TV be before we decide to give. We got to decide and to give before any of that be happens. Before we see any, we of need that. to give samples, and we need to go. And that's why the stories I tell you each people. Sunday are about when what you're truly giving has already accomplished. Who we are called to be. We'll Have you guys ever noticed that I don't tell you stories about right? a need that needs to be so th- met? This is just the last scripture because I want you to decide here today. In advance, with, and this is how much Philippians one I'm going to tell you all about what you're giving, and we should strive to live with Paul's attitude. I want you to decide. Is a, this is his attitude. He and says, let it be a decision that comes from your heart, not because you're moved with emotion. Scripture goes on to say. And, and don't give reluctantly game. or in response so to really pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. You know, 
So here's that scripture I was telling you about. about. If you feel because pressured or if you feel obligated, like here's your way out. They just Second Corinthians nine seven. Bam. Again, rich. I don't have to give right now because I feel obligated. Number that we've created in our head. When are we going to be rich? So don't give when you feel this but way. And so you just need to take time to find your why. Strive to have the same attitude. Take time to examine your heart. Because that's what God wants. When we give simply because we want to. Like here's how God life is only found in Christ. You're going to be enriched in every way, so, so I have that you can one always quick be generous. Bonus thought for you. And guys then when and then when we take your gifts to those who need them, today. they're going to thank God. In other words, your giving is going to cause people to come my to Jesus. Good That's what that second part will is. Glorify God. But this isn't for emotional givers. Church. This isn't for people so who wait for emotion together to move them. This is this is for people who can accomplish give because so they much to. more. This Just is like not for people who feel pressured or obligated the, to give. This is like, I want to give. So when you, when you give people. that way, you're enriched in every way. And, and God equips you to be generous. You know, people Always. who want to serve. So with this in mind, I want to give you three deeds. things you know, to guide your giving. And the first one is, offering, let your giving be intentional. Like we can see how it makes a huge In other words, have a plan for your giving. Be intentional about how much and when you're going to give. There's an interesting story about Jesus that I want to show you. This will crack me up. Mark 12, 41. Jesus sat down there to the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. such a bigger picture. He was, I mean, you can see. It's offering time. Here's the bucket and Jesus over here on the side. I mean, you're essentially mm-hmm. partnering with us and with you God could have given more. with our vision when you talk. Oh, wow, that, you know, that's you say, pretty good. You know, so if I did that to you guys, y'all you would throw it. Maybe we should try that, that sometimes. From the but it goes on to say, many rich people put in large amounts, and then a poor widow way, came so and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called God his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, Amen. this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. I thank you for your Wait a minute. Like thank she, you for she didn't give more. Hearts, Father, that it said there was people who dropped in large sums of money, and she only gave help us to two cents. Father God. Help us to that doesn't sound like more to me. Like the math are. isn't working out there, but Show remember when we talked about earlier how God is more concerned about the, the heart around us so that behind your giving? Like, like on a swivel that's exactly why he said this woman had given more, because she gave all she had. Like she was all in. She was giving her 100%. And the others, even though they had, like they gave large sums of money, it was for money that they didn't need anyway. Remember that word surplus? They didn't need it anyway, even though it was a large sum. And so this is why the next one's so important, and that's percentage how much that you love us. And you may think, like, why, why does he keep bringing this up? I'm getting tired of hearing about this. And the reason is because of the stat that I shared with you all last week, that the more Americans now, make, just keep their the less they give. And, their eyes closed. and this is statistically proven. If you look at America, the people today, who have less actually give God more the first when you look at the percentage than people who him are more wealthy than them. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Really like, that doesn't make any sense at all. So the tithe, or giving the first 10% today, of your income, is so important for so many God, reasons, and one of those being so your giving increases alongside your income. Like, they just go hand in hand as it goes up. And that keeps you from becoming an American statistic. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be an American statistic. As a church. And you may even want to go far beyond, or you may want to go beyond that and even set aside a percentage of your income for other giving opportunities. That's totally up to you for helping families in need or whatever God puts on your heart. Now, let me give you the last thing to guide your giving. Take a look at the scripture first. 1 Corinthians 3.12 says, Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. So this is just painting an image for you guys that, like, everybody's working hard. We're all working hard in this life, but not everything we do is going to survive. Trying to work hard. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord. Then it goes on to say, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kinds of work each builder has done. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. Survives what? The Lord of your life today. What's the work going to survive? After church, eternity. Uh, which actually gives us the third that. guideline for our giving. I'd like to answer it. Focus on eternal giving. And I'm glad you got to make that. In other words, not all giving is the same. Let's give Chris a hand. Like you could give to somebody that helps them in a practical way. 
But if they didn't end up going you know, to heaven, tell his quick trip story. It reminded did you really me of help story him? that I had this last week of we were at Black Bear Diner eating with our family. Let me put it to you this way: social justice without spiritual justice moved on my heart. Like is not justice. Like pay for her meal. Like if you only and, care and about I, immediate I needs, but you do don't, I don't know if many of you know, like help them find Jesus. You really didn't really help them. But when I got home, like because this life is really short. We talk about this a lot. You have this life, and then you have eternity. That I missed an opportunity to do good. But then yes, we should feed the, the cl- feed the poor, and, and, say, and you know, we should clothe them, and we should help them. Like, so that's, that's part of what we got to do, but we got to do it in Jesus' name. Like, you know, I've never like we not only give them food, but we God's give them Jesus by loving on them He's gonna give you and, other and, and, and helping so them live the life that they were created to live. And that's why I believe the best place for you to give is not like just any charity, but you need to find the places, the organizations that make an eternal difference. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of organizations out there that meet practical needs in Jesus' name. Like the one that comes to mind is we have, uh, we adopted a kid through World Vision where you give monthly. And they're not only providing for that kid's practical needs, but they're helping them know Jesus, like through schooling and things like that. So it's awesome. So let's sum all this up in one simple statement, God has blessed me with more than I need so that I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Actually, let's all say that together. God has blessed me with more than I need so I can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Amen. So we've covered a lot of ground today, but one of the most important things we can do before we leave is to let the Holy Spirit reveal to each of us individually what our next step is, because it's going to be different for everybody in the room. So I want to take a moment before we go to quiet our minds and and let God speak. So go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes, quiet your mind. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now to speak to our hearts and make clear what our next step is from today's message. Using it to impact lives here in Owasso and impact lives all the way in the Philippines and in Mexico. It's just an incredible opportunity. So as you prepare your giving today, if you need, if you're giving by cash or check, we'll get you an offering envelope. Just raise your hand. Go ahead and keep your eyes closed as we continue to let God move. Throughout this message, maybe one thing that stood out to you is that you need to give your heart to Jesus. Like maybe you've been close to Jesus and you've drifted away or maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Well, that's what salvation is all about. It's not complicated. Salvation is as simple as believing that Jesus died to set you free from from your past, from your mistakes and, and from all those things that are holding you back. And there's nothing you can do to earn that. It's all Jesus. And all you have to do is recognize that and receive the gift that Jesus gave you of new life. And when you give your life to Jesus, you immediately transition your eternity from hell to heaven. You immediately get that gift so that you know if you died tomorrow, you're going to be with Jesus. And then Jesus takes you in like as his own, and he begins to walk with you along this journey of finding your best life. It's a journey. There's some things that are going to change in your life right off the bat, but not everything's going to change. You're going to have to walk some things out, and that's okay because we all have. But no one's looking around like this is just between you and Jesus. If this is you, I want you to just lift your hand simply as a way to say, that's me. I'm giving my heart to Jesus today. So if that's you, go ahead and lift your hand up and put it back down. 
And church, let's all join them in saying this prayer together. So everybody go ahead and repeat this after me. Jesus, I've been living without you and I don't want to do that anymore. I've done a lot of things wrong and I need your forgiveness. I accept your love and your grace for me. And I ask that you would be my Lord. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for washing away my past. I hand my life over to you. Help me to walk out your plan for my life. Amen. And God, we just thank you for your amazing word today. We thank you that you've renewed our thinking. We thank you uh, that we've refreshed our hearts and given them to you. And we thank you that you're going to lead us and you're going to direct us as we step into generosity. You're going to give us creative ideas. You're going to give us opportunities to help bring even more income into our lives so that we can be generous in every way. God, you're faithful and we look to you as our provider. You provide everything we need. God, you're the one who gave us our gifts and ability. You're the one who made this world and all the materials that we use to make things and build things. God, you are the one who created all of that. It's not me. It's you. And I give it to you, and I thank you for being my provider, and I rest in that, and I trust it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Didn't offend anybody, did I? Nah. It's always good. I did? Always. Well, it's a good thing we have such a good relationship then, huh? So you can forgive me when you walk out. Well, guys, each, each month, you may know this already, that, but we spend $500 to Don't Look Back Prison Ministry every month, and this helps uh, support their ongoing operations. They actually go into the jails several times a week, and they lead those guys into a real relationship with Jesus. It's, it's incredible. And uh, they also have a house uh, for people who are transitioning out of prison called the Don't Look Back House, and to get them back on their feet and help them is quite a transition from what I hear to come out of prison. So they're helping them with all that. And they actually have a new guy moving in on Tuesday. And it, yeah, that's you. <laughs> but y'all, that's so exciting. And even though you're not there, like you get to be a part of that through your giving. Like, like how this guy's life is going to change is going through the Don't Look Back house. Like you're a part of that. And it's incredible. It says you give today. Thank God for how he's using it to make a difference in the lives of others. If you're giving by cash or check, you can raise your hand and our usher will bring you an offering envelope. If you're giving with a debit or credit card, you can use the instructions on the screen. Or if you're listening online, head to your browser and type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar and then tap that giving button. All right, y'all, let's pray over our offering. Lord, we thank you so much that you give us the opportunity to give, and we thank you for what you're doing with our giving. We ask that you multiply it as it goes out, and we also ask that you multiply it in our own lives so that we can give more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.